0: Who issues cat birth certificates? Who who signs them? The um, emperor. The yeah. cat
1: president? Yeah.
2: yeah. The shogun. <laughs> the cat shogun.
3: His name is Mittens. Kitty president. <laughs> Do
4: you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel. Tips battle. Disney Channel.
3: Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Paddle, the podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs from A to Xenon. Hey, that's super fitting. My name's
2: Brandon and I'm your podcast host major. Oh, my name is James and I'm one of the podcast host minor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> decetus D- Lapidus, my name's Brennan.
4: And I'm Ryan and I'm totally pancaked major love that i think you had the best synthesis of
3: of the slime in this movie how's everybody doing, uh, doing happy new
1: year happy new year listeners
3: happy to be here we made years. it it's 2022 we're one step closer to whatever year it is in this xenon movie i
4: think 2054 54 yeah
3: yeah we're almost there
4: yeah it's some far off point in the future or something.
3: No, not anymore. We're <laughs> we're getting there. One day, one day, when we, this is in the Library of Congress and our children and our children's children are listening to this in 2054, they'll think it's so silly that, that uh, we're talking about this right now.
4: I don't even have a good joke for what the planet's going to look like in 2054. Probably not it, very similar to how it's depicted in this movie.
3: Oh, you mean everything plastic? Probably.
4: It's already that way. <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs>
3: We got a guest today And this guest uh, should sound familiar to you If you're a fan of the show Because this is a friend of the show Uh, She is a documentary producer And this is her third time on the show Because this is the third Xenon movie we're doing Uh, Please welcome Zoe
0: Hey guys I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I should have asked before
3: Zoe Vox, Zoe Metz, Zoe Vox Metz, hyphen What what, what are we doing here?
0: I'm Zoe Vox
3: Okay, cool Okay, good to know Hi Zoe Thanks for coming on the show again.
0: Thanks for having me. I mean, I'm always just one wall away Mm -hmm. from the podcast. (laughs) And now I'm finally inside.
3: If you were (laughs) to just knock on the wall in your living room, it would be in any of these episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: Well, we're glad you're back uh, because this is the conclusion to our uh, trilogy, our Xenon trilogy. This movie is Xenon Z3. I don't think that's a very creative name. I don't really know what that means. It sounds kind of cool, but it doesn't really mean anything. Um, kind of like this movie. Um, <laughs> but before we get into that, we are called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. What's that? It's because we have a drink. James has a drink. It's a really good drink. James always makes a good drink. James,
2: what's that drink? Well, today the drink is called Cosmic Blush. Oh, of um, Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, Um, and the other thing it's got, it's got sage in it, because this movie has sage in it, and also you can get this drink at a great, great restaurant cocktail bar called, or something like it, at Mars in Astoria. Um, So, uh, what it is, is like two or three fresh blackberries, two leaves of fresh sage, uh, two ounces of Prosecco, one ounce of Aperol, and one ounce of soda. It's basically like a spritz, and so you can do it with a shaker. If you're doing a shaker, muddle it in the, muddle the blackberries and sage in the bottom of the shaker. Um, you can also add some simple syrup or honey if you want to sweeten it up. Add the ice, shake it for 20 seconds, strain it into a glass. If you don't feel like using a shaker, which a lot of times nobody does, just muddle it in the bottom of the glass. Uh, and if you want to make it non-alcoholic, add some more berries and sage, uh, Add definitely add honey, simple syrup, uh, whatever you got. Uh, and then replace the club soda with tonic water, obviously leaving out the aperol and prosecco. Ooh. It's real refreshing. It's a more of a summery drink, but you know, when in Mars, when in uh, moon, yeah, when in moon, do as the moon nights do.
4: Berries and sage. Yes. berries and sage. <laughs> I say
1: this every time we record, but James is the best bartender who has never worked at a bar officially. That sounds so amazing.
2: Or unofficially.
1: Yes. Yeah, never...
2: Only step foot in them to be a bar patron.
4: Mixologist major. <laughs>
2: Maybe this will be our, like, 100th
3: episode celebration. We'll do a pop-up. James will be our bartender. We'll oh make my a God. bunch of drinks. Yeah. I'll do that.
0: <laughs> do yeah, a I'll... live recording.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's been a while oh, since yeah. we've done that. It's literally been since episode 13. Jesus. Whoa. Wow. wow. Yeah. Can we're yeah, impossible. We're due for another uh, li- uh, live recording, so we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll put that together whenever they have a new movie, I guess, or not. Doesn't really matter. We can do a live <laughs> recording of a movie we've already done. Who cares? <laughs> Hey, everybody, um, if you want to make the drink, you can, because we're going to post it on our uh, Instagram, at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. Uh, You can find the recipe there, and you can find a whole bunch of other recipes that we've made, because we posted a whole bunch, and because Brennan made a uh, cocktail recipe book, which you can find in the link in our bio. Link in bio. (laughs) Like,
4: comment, subscribe. Abraham
3: Lincoln bio.
2: (laughs) Abraham Lincoln bio.
3: All right, uh, who's going to summarize
4: this movie? Who's going to give us a rundown? <sighs> uh, uh. I nominated my wife. Me? Me? You're the only wife that I have. That we know of.
0: Should I give like a full rundown? Ah,
4: just, you know,
3: give me the elevator pitch. Tell us about the movie you watched. So
0: Xenon gets her driver's license and she's immediately entering a race to the moon (laughs) where there's a music festival with only tweens and teens allowed to go to the music festival. There's like one adult (laughs) in the whole music festival and then things go wrong because the goddess of the moon is just like, what the fuck are all these teenagers doing on my planet? And of course it's up to Xenon to evacuate the teens and the tweens.
3: That is actually kind of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you highlighted a very good point. If I were the goddess of any planet, uh, the only thing that would make me angrier than terraforming and trying to create civilization is tweens. <laughs> God damn those tweens.
0: Can't yeah. stand I mean, them. Are these the original Gen Z? Oh my God. Yeah,
3: because they're Gen Z They oh. are.
1: This oh, is what oh, Gen shit. Z could have been. This is
3: what Gen Z will be. We're going to cycle back.
1: Finally I find out what that Z stands for. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, it was Xenon all along. Now we know. I think probably the only hey. important point that you missed, Zoe, was that um Xenon gets it's not a stepsister, even though she's acting oh she like one. It's her step cousin or adopted cousin. True, yeah. that's Dasha. a big point
0: that I missed that because I thought that that little girl was like the standout star of this movie.
4: Oh yeah,
3: Dasha. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, but she is truly like the great Gazoo of this franchise. Like, you, could, <laughs> you could tell that they were running out of ideas, so they just like put someone else in.
0: You don't yeah. need step
3: cousin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, right. she's really cute, though. She's like the cutest little girl and she's actually like a really good actor i felt like yeah
3: this was her first acting credit on imdb and she's only got like a couple others
4: because what did she go on to do after that
0: i looked her up and she's currently in medical school oh shit oh really yeah
1: wow This movie probably paid for that.
3: Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All the royalties that you get from reruns of Xenon Z3.
0: This movie probably paid for one semester. Of
3: Of textbooks. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The thing about these movies is that it's so clear that they are just trying to pay as little as possible for these. For everything, but specifically the actors. Mm. Like, I believe. That from the first movie, they've only kept four of the cast members. They have Xenon. uh, They have... Plank and Judy. Yeah, they have Plank and Judy. And they have... um, What's his name? Um, They have... No, not even Protozo. They have um, Raven for a hot second.
4: Yeah. But the other consistent one was uh, Margie.
3: Oh, right. Yeah, Margie. And the commander. And these are like the only three. She's done four disney channel original movies and like that's it i i don't think she has very many other credits besides that
2: yeah the commander was a through line too yeah plank
4: commander plank Mm -hmm. Plank. yeah 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 but also about
1: go ahead
2: i was just gonna say with raven you can tell also they were like you're on because this happened when that's so raven was also on the air so you mu- they must have been like, you're not leaving set. Just put a green screen behind her. Because the whole movie, she's like, I'm in Hawaii. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so cold. <laughs> yeah. Huge respect for like, you
3: know, go- she goes to she goes to hair, makeup. She goes to wardrobe. She shoots two scenes in, ho- in normal Hawaii. Quick wardrobe change. Shoots a scene in winter Hawaii. And then that's it. She's done for the day. She probably got paid like, you know, $5,000
1: for one day of yeah. work. And uh, that was it. And she definitely brought her own hairstylist because her hair looks much different and much better than everyone else's. Oh,
4: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that Cheetah Girl's money. Yeah, I was pretty distracted by the fact that Protozoa was a totally different guy. Yeah. Like, completely different.
3: What the hell was that guy doing? Clearly, what happened was that he asked for, like... 500 more dollars and they said no we'll just
4: pick someone else pick some dude who's clearly doing a fake australian accent
2: (laughs) so bad
4: (laughs) oh crikey mate i'm pro zoa
3: uh not australian though because this movie was filmed in uh, south africa
1: yeah i I noticed that in the credits
3: yeah that's it because you you think it's australian but then it's kind of funky and 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 the way that they say some things is just uh, mm. wicked hectic. And it's not quite Australian.
1: Um, well. I thought that this was filmed in a gateway computer, given all the CGI <laughs> that's oh going on. <laughs> yeah, Very it bad. was like Putt
0: Putt goes to the moon in, wow. in real life.
3: <laughs> oh my god! You just unlocked something. Uh, can this be a humongous entertainment podcast now? I oh god, I, I wish. I genuinely could talk about Putt-Putt and
4: and, uh, and Freddy
1: Fish. Pajama Sam. Pajama Sam. Oh, my yeah. God.
3: All classics.
4: Do they make that shit for the Nintendo Switch? I think they do. Yeah, they
3: just put it out. Like, literally two days before that, the, the recording of this podcast, they put out Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon. No, sorry. Putt-Putt Travels Through Time and Freddy Fish 3 on the Nintendo Switch.
4: Putt-putt travels through time.
0: <laughs> that will be seared in my brain forever. with Holy. The amount of hours that I played putt-putt.
4: I- I'm going to be it- demented as fuck on my deathbed and be like, travels <laughs> putt-putt travels through time. Putt-putt travels through time.
0: If you showed those games to like a three-year-old now, they'd just be like, what is this trash? Perhaps.
3: Really? I'd like to think that they've aged decently well. Because they also like... The you know I what is it Papa travels through time. You have to like find like four items that you lost, and you go to each of the places and you find whatever items. But like the items change locations, and the place within like the time, like the you know you don't have you do different things each time. Like there's probably only like three different things across each place where you're going. That you know three different options for where your missing item might be. But still like that's somewhat procedurally generated. Uh, that that's probably pretty advanced for a kid's game in like 1997.
4: IGN top 100 games of all time. Number one, putt-putt, putt-putt travels, travels, through, travels time. through time. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, <laughs> Freddy fish and the, uh, and then the missing kelp seeds. Number three, Zelda breath of the wild. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway, Brandon, the last thing on this, it's kind of remarkable. Uh, this is out within 48 hours of us recording this like it's been out for less than 48 hours L- less than 36 hours pretty much yeah we
1: wow yeah. we might be the first uh journalistic outlet
2: to, to
4: reporting Charles
2: but, but
1: probably not
2: nintendo
4: switch so
3: so on the nintendo switch each of those games are like 11 dollars. but i looked this up you can get all thirty-five humongous entertainment games, other than like the backyard games. So, like all of the like the Putt Putt and the the Pajama Sam and the Spy Fox and all that, you can get all of those for fifty dollars. So that's thirty-five. It's like just over a dollar each.
4: Oh my god!
3: I used to have Spy Fox on my phone because they they put because they cause I, they have them on iOS, they have them on Steam. Like these games all still exist and. I'd like to think that they're still worth revisiting.
4: Thank God those games still exist. But the CGI in Xenon Z3 definitely looks like a bad Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon. Yeah, it looks worse. Oh, yeah, it definitely looks worse. I mean, some of the CGI in this movie was passable, I'd say, but um, especially for a Disney Channel original movie. But yeah, the moon scenes were god awful. I think that the mist was fine. Like Wait,
1: what it, do you mean? I thought it was mist. really nice of Spielberg to let Disney borrow his <laughs> set.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, normally I would say like they should just, you know, opt for practical effects instead. But but when I see that they designed the one wall of a spaceship is just blocked off with a bouncy castle, Maybe they shouldn't just go for (laughs) practical effects. Like, maybe it is better that they're spending however much money on this C-grade CGI. How about
1: the puppy?
4: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: obviously fake puppy.
4: (laughs) I don't know. I thought I saw the thing trembling. It looked pretty
3: real. No, that's just smoke and (laughs) mirrors.
0: Well, at least this CGI was better than the last two Xenon movies.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I can't say that it's any worse, honestly. And especially because they had a lot more of it, Um, because this whole movie is a green screen. I
0: feel like this was the highest budget of all three.
4: I'm sure it was. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah,
3: you're probably right.
4: But yeah, to talk about the practical effects and the set pieces, I mean, I feel like we could all take a trip down to like 99 Cent Dream on Roosevelt Avenue and come away with enough shit to turn this room that we're in at least into like a xenon looking set. Cause it's just plastic, you know, acrylic neon colors. colors. Yeah.
3: It's things that are see through right.
4: shiny <laughs> shit. S- yes.
3: Foam. Chrome. Yeah. That's that. that that's that's about it. It's both
1: Chrome and foam.
3: Yep. The design of their, like of the moon festival. It just looked like a mall. Like, it didn't look futuristic in any way. Yeah. They had balloons. Like, it, there's that's not futuristic. It
4: only looked futuristic in the sense that the Broadway mall in Hicksville, New York, looked futuristic <laughs> in the year 1998.
1: <laughs> it's also outside. too bad to go to South Africa and not use a lot of outside shots. Yeah, it's
3: kind of <laughs> remarkable that it was, you know, obviously they're just doing it for cost efficiency, but it's somehow cheaper for them to outsource this to South Africa than to use one of the dozens of film studios that they have in, you know, in
2: the Buena Vista family. <laughs> Crazy. Wow, guys, I'm, this is a bit of a, a backtrack, but we never really talk about the uh, rating share of these movies when they came out. Oh, please, um, get into it. Ooh. So, this is very interesting to me. Z3 had a 4.1, meaning 4.1 million people watched it when it premiered. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, in contrast, the last one that came out, Christmas... Dot, 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 again, December 3rd, 2021,
0: had a 0.5. Wow. 500,000 wow. people.
2: That's a Disney Channel original movie? Yeah, it's the one after Under Wraps.
3: Wait, they put out another one and I didn't know about it? <laughs> oh, Apparently. Shit
2: wow three i shouldn't 2021. Even be
3: revealing oh, this on the shit, air motherfucker damn yeah we, we no should Wikipedia, have done that yeah. one instead of this terrible christmas movie we did. <laughs> it's called christmas again <sighs> dot dot christmas dot 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 again uh, so we'll do it july 2022 okay yeah that's a yeah. good idea Wow! How did but I miss it? After a disastrous celebration, twelve-year-old Rowena makes a wish and unexpectedly finds herself reliving Christmas Day over and over again. It's a Groundhog Day, folks. Wow! Fascinating plot. How I wonder many where movies can
0: they make? Actually, What's they got plot? a great
3: slogan. The slogan is, or the tagline is, "Ho, ho, oh no!" <laughs>
4: God damn it!
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This but, we'll, we'll be doing Christmas in July for this one because oh. we got to break
2: this one out. But this one so Z3 actually beat The sequel by 400,000. Yeah. So Z3 a- had a 4.1, The sequel had a 3.7 and then I I don't they don't have one for the original Zenot. But well, still it did the best of them all.
0: The year that this came out was right at the beginning of like the Disney Channel trifecta, right? Of like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, That's So Raven and Hannah Montana all kind of starting up yeah. right around this time. Yep. I feel like that was like the beginning of the highest viewership period for Disney channel.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it would peak with, um, high school musical too, but yeah, yeah, this is, I guess Xenon was either contributing to the rise in viewership or it would just happen to be there at the
4: right place in the right time. All right. So, just to have a something to compare this to, the Emmys in 2020 had their lowest ratings ever, uh, and it was a 1.3 among 18 to 49. Now I know that's wow. not the same, but that's just something to compare it to. Wow, that it was I almost mean,
1: three times more people watched Xenon C3.
3: Hey, that's statistics, baby. No need to analyze it further. We've got the information we need. Xenon <laughs> is Zenon is three times more popular than the Emmys. Next stop,
4: baseball-reference.com.
3: Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about fuck. I don't know. Let's talk about how many people are just recast in this movie because it isn't. We we mentioned it, but we we didn't really quite. Clarify how much it is. Protozoa, you know, main character in the other two movies, different guy with a very minor role in this
4: movie. By so the like, way, why have him at all? The guy who played Protozoa in this movie was born in Duluth, Minnesota.
3: <laughs> was he really? Yeah. So <laughs> they <laughs> flew him out to South Africa for this. So
4: he wasn't an Aussie and he definitely was not Zed
3: <laughs> That's odd. um Xenon's <laughs> parents in the first movie were two actors. In the second movie it was two different actors and in this movie they she just didn't have parents at all. They mentioned them once and all they said was like, "Yep, they're going to watch you at the festival." That's it. They got mega pancaked. Mega pancakes. <laughs> I so by this movie They're just using a lot of the same slang terms that they've used before, like, you know, Vega, Omega, Cetus Lapidus. I think Cetus Lapidus only comes up once, which is unfortunate.
4: Yeah, Yeah. Dasha says it.
3: Yeah. Um, And, you know, all of them are, like, space-related or or tech-related and then there's pancakes. <laughs> Who
4: decided that pancakes were in the pantheon of like futuristic stuff? Well, maybe pancakes are extinct or something, and when you get <laughs> smashed, you're getting pancakes.
3: It's retro.
4: Yeah.
3: Or or it's the other way around. You know, we're futurizing everything. What's the most futuristic thing you could think of? Curved edges, circle, perfect shape, pancakes.
2: <laughs> it's a flying saucer think- food
0: they were just oh, like yeah. what is a word that little kids would like think is really funny and cool yeah pancakes uh,
3: there's no slang term in this movie that i would want to say except for like that's totally pancaked <laughs> that's the one that sticks in my mind like cetus lapidus is, is is silly and only has a place in the year 2054
4: officer i am disgusted major with your conduct <laughs>
3: okay Okay, that actually works the major and the minor isn't bad that but that we we have like low key and high key that's basically the same thing it's
4: worse arguably i would prefer major or minor
3: yeah yeah i guess so
4: (laughs) oh i love it i I google searched xenon slang and people also ask what was xenon catchphrase who was xenon does xenon have boyfriend well, does Xenon
3: have boyfriend? There's two potential love interests in this movie. One of them has a name that I could never remember off the top of my head. It's Blarney. like Ballin Bron Ball. Bron-, Lee. Bron-, Lee. Bron Lee. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, some some made up nonsense. Um <laughs> Bron- Lee is who, who he's like, you know, the top, he's like top banana in this competition. Like he's primed to win, if not for Xenon's I like, listen, you know, Xenon. Go get her attitude and successful past. Don't listen to that Sage guy. Yeah, and Sage is the other one who is the activist, uh, the one who's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't colonize the moon. And at first Xenon's like, ha ha, you're dumb. Uh, but then she's like, wait, Your soft blue eyes have a point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sage Borealis. Uh, So does does that mean that
3: he is like from the space station?
4: Well, they're from different space stations. Like Bronly and Xenon are apparently from two different space stations because they're having a moment and looking up at the moon and a space station goes by and she's like, yeah, it's my space station. And Bronley is like, no, that's my space station. Yours is over Europe.
3: Yeah. The fact that they could even see them though, means that these space stations are either fucking gigantic or not in orbit and within our atmosphere and plummeting towards Earth.
4: I'm going to say it's probably number two.
3: That's the other movie. That's that's the 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 companion movie to Z3 that never came out. It's basically like Don't Look Up, but <laughs> in the
0: Xenon Universe.
4: Xenon Z4, all of our space stations are rapidly plummeting towards <laughs> Earth. That's a hell of a tagline. Xenon Z4, Don't Look Up.
0: I mean, apparently you can drive from the space station to Earth without a driver's license.
3: Yeah, and it only takes like, you know, a matter of minutes. Truly incredible. Does anyone know how long it takes people currently to get from here to the moon?
2: Is it like mm, days?
4: It's days. I mean, it was days back when they were doing the Apollo program. So
3: it's probably, and like we haven't really gone to the moon since then. I we think we went. Absolutely have not. Yeah.
4: So Three days. it's probably
3: still days. Three days? Yeah. Okay. So one Majora's Mask timeline. Got it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um,. Let's talk about I don't know. Should we talk about Selena? Should we talk about the moon goddess? Selena?
4: Yes, yeah, Selena is a punk rocker. <laughs> yeah, they Selena put that song. I was surprised
3: that they put the song in the movie. <laughs> Selena and Barnes. Here's what bothered me. So Selena is the moon goddess. Now, Selena is the Greek name for the goddess of the moon. But then they also reference Mars. Who mm. is the Roman god of of of, the, of war? Of, of war, they're blending their my, their mythologies here. Now it would have been, been super easy to just call the moon goddess Luna and 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 stick with the Roman mythology if you were going to go that way. But no, they had to just cherry pick from the different mythologies. Why stop there? Why not get Vishnu in in this movie, huh? <laughs> Why, Why not? Yeah, let's, when let's we write our some...
2: decom, it will be yeah. it will be faithful to all mythologies, accurate. And
3: arguably, Xenon is just a, a you know a personification of Xenu So this is really a Scientology mm. movie. Oh, damn right. <laughs> mm-hmm. This movie was written by L. Ron Hubbard.
4: <laughs> this movie was directed by a man named Steve Rash. Oh, good name. Yeah, that's one of the best ones.
3: Oh, you want to hit the other good names because because it was South African. This had some good ones. You get a lot of a lot of Dutch names.
4: Holly Fulger.
3: <laughs> you know, so I was looking through this, and at the time I thought this was probably filmed in New Zealand because at the you know they they used to do a few in New Zealand, and I'm like, oh well, you know all of the. You know, the standout names are probably Maori. It doesn't feel right to, you know, you know, like stigmatize a, an indigenous name. But then we realized it was South African. And as soon as I saw the name of the locations manager, Thun DeWet, <laughs> I was Whoa. sold. I was like, okay, no, we can make fun of these
4: Dutch-ass names all we want. <laughs> uh, Commander Plank was played by a man named Calm Meany.
3: <laughs> what? What? <laughs>
4: That's what it says. Wait, who? Calm Meany. That's not his name. I don't know.
2: Calm Meany? His Stuart no, his Pankin. name is Stuart Pankin. Well, Which is I also guess. a good name.
3: Oh my God, wait. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's another guy credited as... Wait. No. Okay, yeah. hold on. The guy... I see what you're looking at, Ryan, because you're on IMDb. The other guy that's credited as Commander Plank was, I think, <laughs> in the first Xenon? But not as commander Hold on, I'm, I'm i got to scroll
2: scroll so here. Col- we got to go back. Colm Meany is an Irish actor who was mm-hmm. in like Star Trek. He was in like Get Him to the Greek. He was Russell Brand's dad. He was in Under Siege, the Steven Seagal movie.
4: Hell yeah. I just like his name. I don't really care what he's been yeah. in. Yeah.
3: Colm Me- <laughs> Yeah, anyone named Meany is uh, it's got a, that's a great name. also there was a guy on the senior effects crew named jared sandrew
2: (laughs) (laughs) i like that
0: i wonder where they got all these like teen extras to Mm -hmm. play at the music festival like every time they had a scene with all the extras i was like wow this is like an expensive scene for this movie and then there was actually a lot of scenes yeah with all the extras they
3: had like hundreds of kids and if i had to guess all of the like shots with hundreds of kids was all like one to two days. Um, just because you know, they, they don't have to do more than one take. They'll just edit it out. It's fine.
0: And they all had like cool outfits. So they had to dress all of those kids.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That is uh an undertaking truly. I Maybe did the notice. One... Go ahead. Uh, there was, there was one scene though, that was all CGI background cars and kids. Oh my god! And it really? looked it looked like Second Life. It was so bad, <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like kind of gesturing like like Sims talk to each other. It was yeah. you. They oh, didn't call god. a lot of attention to it, but it was it was awesome.
3: If if you can please get us get me like a, a timestamp for that, I gotta see it. I didn't notice. Oh, will it's do. Probably because I was a couple drinks deep while watching this, but uh the
0: new. <laughs> I also love that this is a music festival only for kids.
3: Yeah, Moonstock 54, baby. Don't take the the green acid.
0: Like, all they're selling is, like, candy and, like, Dippin' Dots.
4: Burgers.
0: <laughs> Ice cream
3: of the future. <laughs> yeah, the most futuristic thing they could think of was a fucking Big Bang burger. Oh. Make me a hot dog that floats in the bun.
2: <laughs> floats in the bun.
4: Hey, yeah. Get me some space drugs for these... Sixteen-year-old degenerates. Yeah, like, we smoke in space weed. Space spliff.
0: <laughs> There's
1: just like no adults, like what watching you the kids. Protozoa is old at thirty-one.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Numbar is old too. The the villain. Yeah.
1: And Cosmic
0: Blush is interesting i thought the girl was like a really bad dancer did anyone else notice oh that? yeah definitely it's yep. just kind of walking back and forth it was like you had one job like you your lip syncing is not your voice you have no lines in this movie like all you have to do is perform as if you're a spice girl and she didn't do a good job
3: do you think there was ever a time in like this like the development of the script where cosmic blush had an actual role because they they don't do anything, their only purpose is to have a song that outshadows a character with no role in the movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: and they played like the same 20 seconds of the song like three mm. times, but like never played the whole song.
4: Yeah Yeah, you might be right, Brandon. Maybe they got written out at the very last minute or edited out. They probably were so bad that they had to do it.
1: At an hour and twenty, this is one of the shorter
4: DCOMs. Yeah, truly,
3: Thank an God. eighty minute, eighty minutes flat with the credits
4: didn't feel <laughs> like it though. It felt pretty long to me.
3: Really, I actually thought it kind of flew by. Same.
4: That's because it's Not space, same. Brandon.
3: You well, so I think an interesting. I think maybe what made it fly by for me is that we're so accustomed on this show to all these movies having the worst third act mm. of all time, like some manufactured, uh, terrible conflict between the two main characters that gets, you know, drawn out for no reason. And then they resolve and everything's happy and whatever. It's terrible. It's a terrible 30 minutes. And to every movie, this one didn't have that. There was no manufactured conflict between like the, the two main characters. Instead, there was just like a very... Bre- the only conflict lasted like maybe 10 minutes. And it was, we need to evacuate everybody. Mm. And they did it in like two minutes flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no issues there at all.
4: Yeah, it was basically all exposition in this movie and rising action, which was bullshit because, yeah, like you said, it led up to the... It was fairly anticlimactic. Should we talk about the
3: climax? Because it's also all, somehow one of the worst climaxes of all time. So Selena, the moon goddess, has been contacting Xenon and her friends through dreams mm. um, and has also been helping Xenon win the competition. Why? No reason. Has no effect on the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and why the competition it? doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like this is it's not only a festival. It's a competition.
3: And there's no winner of the competition. And for some reason, Xenon is pushed through by Deus Ex Machina.
4: <laughs> Quite literally.
3: Yeah. If you're going to use a Deus Ex Machina, you need somebody to win. <laughs> Nobody does.
0: Also, like apparently the people who entered this race could have been from all over the world. But of course, Xenon and her two friends are like half of the contestants. Yeah. And then three randos. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Absolutely absurd. So basically, the climax of this movie is. I, I actually think I might have blocked this part out, but basically, during a contest, Xenon grabs the mic from the MC and is like, hey, guess what? The moon spirit told me we have to go. And everybody's like, okay, Xenon. And then they all leave.
3: Well, hold on. First, th- people do need proof. Which the moon goddess very swiftly provides. That's true. So the moon goddess is all like this dude, whose name is Numbar, which is a very funny name. Yeah. Uh, Numbar wants to colonize the moon. <laughs> he wants to claim squatters' rights because they had a festival there, and he's just going to stay, which honestly like, seems how it would work in reality. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens 30 years from now.
4: It'll be the fire festival.
3: Yeah, the fire festival on the moon. Uh, Billy McFarlane is going to be... Claim squatters rights and it's it's gonna he's gonna claim the moon. It's gonna happen. Ja rule is going to be king of the moon.
1: <laughs>
3: but it's clear that Selena doesn't want everybody there. It's clear that Selena has the power to control gravity and essentially if you could control gravity, you could crush everybody's bones. <laughs> so Selena has the power to crush everyone's bones and you know. You know, have some sort of vengeance on people for coming to the moon.
0: And she was like doing weather shit on planet Earth.
3: Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, all of these things were within her power. But for some reason, she decided, I need to pick one specific 16-year-old girl to tell
2: everybody to leave. By helping her through a contest,
0: yes, (laughs) Xenon is super famous, which is why her little cousin had a creepy stalker scrapbook of like everything that she ever did.
3: We haven't even gotten into her scrapbook. That's just of promotional photos of Xenon from the other two movies.
1: (laughs) Um, the okay, so there's this competition going on, and there's like a friendly, uh, a friendly, you know, competition between xenon and Bronly, and then someone cheats to make xenon lose does that to try to make xenon lose and then selena the moon goddess comes in and helps her but does that ever get like unveiled the only it's number reason, well it does it, it, it's
3: unveiled by um what's her name margie and cassie who they see that you know there's some missed power helping xenon they're like like what what what's the deal are you doing this and she's like no but they're like, you suck. And then 15 minutes later, when Xenon has a near-death experience, but they don't know it, they're they're happy to see her again.
1: Right, but someone's trying to make her lose deliberately by sabotaging her.
3: Right. It's Numbar. It, number wants Numbar wants Bromley to win. <laughs> and I don't know why.
2: Right. <laughs> it, literally, he doesn't need to have these kids here at all. If all you need is squatter's rights, he just needs <laughs> to build something and say, this is mine. Okay. Right. All like,
0: right. why did he invite a bunch of teenagers? <laughs> why <laughs> is that it the a competition deep. at all?
3: Yeah. The competition is is the Sorry, most Moonstock. nonsense part of this movie. It's almost like how in like the <laughs> Goblet of Fire, how like... The, the the contest isn't really what matters. It's it's all the stuff that's happening around the contest. But like there is an actual conclusion to that contest. This one doesn't have that, and the contest has even less importance.
4: Right, and nobody dies in this contest, that's which true. at least in the Goblet of Fire, somebody dies. Oh
3: my god. So now this is a good chance to talk about the near-death experience because it has one of the but- funniest moments in the movie, in my opinion. Um so Xenon believes that. The Moon Goddess Selena is trying to contact her, and she's right. So she puts on a spacesuit and walks out on the moon.
4: And she's like, "I have to go to the Sea of Tranquility because that's where Neil Armstrong was." And she goes, "Yeah." Um,
3: but also, Dasha follows her because Dasha has to do everything Xenon does. Now they get out there, and then they get a little lost. They get a little sidetracked, and they and have to find some their of way that back.
4: Astro weed.
3: Yeah, they hit a space blip. <laughs> they get they get real high, and now they have to get back to the space station. Only problem is that they're running out of air. Now they finally make it by some miracle of just picking the right direction, but they can't get in because Dasha set off the like the secondary locks.
4: She made the locky door.
3: she made the locky door go bye bye. <laughs> now, at this point when you're running out of air, you should be suffocating. This is when you know your, you know your, your eyes go bloodshot red and your head kind of explodes inside of your
4: spacesuit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but instead, because that would invoke because suffocating would invoke the, 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 t- the most minute amount of emotion from the viewer. We can't do that. Mm. Instead, they just have Dasha like shrug and groan and say, we're out of air. Toss <laughs> of a student who was just given an extra worksheet due tomorrow.
4: And she's breathing heavily too, like uh, you know someone who's out of shape who just walked up a flight of stairs. She's like,
0: <laughs> <sighs> "Well, no I'm one can air. ever die in a decom. Like, name one decom where someone died.
3: oh uh, decom. Uh, Tiger Town. there got to be one." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the old ones, Dead. The, the Disney yeah. Channel premieres have death, but I, Zoe, I think you're it right. It can't I don't be think,
0: someone's parents. That doesn't count. I think you're right. I don't entire, think
3: there's
1: a no in Tiger Town. It was his dad, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Yes, but I but think that's within, a premiere.
3: Like, the establishment of the Disney oh. Channel original movie with um, what was the first one?
4: Um, Northern Lights.
3: Yeah, from Northern. Well, Disney Channel. Susie Q. Mars, that one. That that, that yeah. is oh nope, yeah. that's a banned Disney Channel movie. Uh, not on Disney Channel that, anymore. That
4: one's too violent and too sexy. Yeah, too both yeah. of those things.
3: Um, <laughs> god, I'm going crazy. Under Wraps. Yeah. Under Wraps was the first yeah. one. And he's a mummy. Unless you consider a dead guy dying again being death, then <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of them have Oh, okay. Well well Tiger Cruise has like over three thousand. Oh my deaths. god. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, look, we haven't even watched that one yet. So we don't know I mean, we know where the death takes place. Yeah, maybe
3: they say in the movie like the t- the twin towers were hit, but nobody died.
4: <laughs> look, they're all dying.
3: <laughs> all right. Um but yes, no, you make a very good point, Zoe. Nobody can <laughs> die in these movies because that would be that would that would evoke actual emotion. And these movies are meant to just they're meant to be they're washing over you like like, you know, like rain when you're already wet. Uh-
4: I don't know. I would really like to see one of their heads explode. Like, take the helmet off and their and their head freezes or something. Yeah. What what movie was that? Someone's like floating away from the spaceship and he takes his helmet off and his head freezes.
2: Talking about like, are you talking about Total Recall? Guardians of the Galaxy, Total Recall. His head explodes on Mars. Yeah, that that's cool as hell.
3: I I I saw that movie when I was like thirteen and I've never forgotten that scene.
4: This is the one. It happened in this movie, in, Z3. Xenon Z three. Xenon Z three. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, I I do remember. Um, but Xenon takes off her helmet, like on the or no, Selena in a dream takes off her helmet, and Kirsten Storms makes the most pathetic attempt at looking like she's choking. She goes like,
4: uh, ah. uh, <laughs> "I'm choking because there's no air on the moon." Yeah. That whole sequence, though, where they went out to the Sea of Tranquility, did have. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, which was a three second clip of actual footage from one of the Apollo. It was, wasn't it? They
3: had the audio. That sounded like the real audio. Well, it
4: was. They had the real audio of Neil Armstrong doing the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. But then they also had like exactly three seconds of footage from one of the lunar landings. that's so good that
0: video is probably in the public domain
3: i was gonna ask yeah. like uh, that foot that audio they, there's no way disney
4: paid for that audio oh, no oh who are they gonna pay nasa yeah uh, hey guys here's a, a ceremonial five dollar check for that shit
1: well, we probably <laughs> owned the footage because again the moon landing was, was just a they, set
4: it was filmed on buena
3: vista studios <laughs> in- yeah with what this? is that is that in pasadena i don't know where it is they did it
4: on the back lot of the moon <laughs>
1: in the Moon, cube. Should moon cube the...
4: 2022
1: should we do the
3: f-bomb yeah let's do the f-bomb for those of you who don't know if this were a pg-13 movie you get to drop the f-bomb once where would you do it go ahead brennan
1: oh okay mine is uh a little unconventional this this week It is we've talked a lot about this movie, how it made no goddamn sense and how it has names like Sage Borealis and Bronly Hale. And uh, I'm no stranger to the kind of legal proceedings that people are obliged to put into the movies. But at the credits, the end credits end with this uh, piece of uh, wording. The persons and events in this film are fictitious, and any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events, is purely coincidental and fucking unintentional.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hey, it's also bold of them to claim that because this movie's about the future. What if in the future we do get a real... I don't even remember. Bromley Hale. And, and he is a South African
4: superstar. And also, Neil Armstrong appears in this movie, who was a real person. Yeah,
3: wait, hold on. Good-ass point. That is a good-ass point. I,
4: I, like your, I like your choice, Brennan. Um, That's just more evidence that the moon landing was fictitious. So my, <gasps> my F-bomb would be the very fictional Neil Armstrong. Once he steps off the lunar lander and reaches the surface of the moon, you know, he delivers his famous line. That's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. And then he sees Xenon staying there. He's like, how the fuck did you get here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
3: How much do you guys think it would have cost for Buzz Aldrin to be in this movie? Or the other guy whose name I don't remember.
4: Michael Collins. Thank you. The forgotten astronaut. How much would it have cost to have Buzz in this movie? It probably would have
3: cost less to have Michael Collins than it would have to have raven Simone in this movie. You're probably right.
0: (laughs) My F-bomb would be, I guess, when Dasha shows up in the middle of the race in the back of Xenon's little car. Xenon should just be like, For fuck's sake!
3: (laughs) Yeah, she needed to say that to to Dasha. Because that little
0: girl is like really annoying. At that moment.
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah.
3: I have a thing about Dasha, but I'm going to save it for the end of the of the F-bomb because we got to get through these. Uh, James, go ahead. Uh,
2: so there's a line. Well, one, I think all of uh, Selena's lines could have been fucked because we haven't addressed this. She was dressed <laughs> like Debbie Harry. Like she was like a yeah. punk rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not going to go with that. Um, this is <laughs> a little raunchy uh the at the end spoilers uh one of the things is that Dasha uh calls the commander daddy and he goes daddy i like that versus <laughs> my version daddy fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet i i do think that of all the actors
3: commander plank would probably deliver the f bomb the best yeah
4: yeah, a seasoned oh, actor. Oh, for fuck's sake, Xenon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My F-bomb would be delivered by Bromboy. Um, <laughs> so early in the movie, uh, we find out that our three main characters, Margie and Cassie and Xenon, are all having shared dream experiences. And it's Selena trying to contact them. And Xenon asks Bromley, because he's also in the contest, like, hey, uh, are you having these weird dreams? And he gives a great response. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to add the word like you, you don't even need you don't even need to hear the original. You know, she asks, oh, are you also having these dreams? And he just goes, I don't really see the point of dreaming. I'd rather just be out there fucking living it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, that was the best one. I don't that see the, the best point
1: one. of dreaming. Like we have a Great choice. Line.
4: That's like yeah, um, in True Detective. Like I don't sleep; I just dream.
1: <laughs> exactly. Opposite oh, of that. <laughs> um, I kind of forget the context of this line, but the only line I wrote down was, "Here he is. Here's my boy." Yes.
3: Oh my god! I <laughs> incredible line because it was maybe the worst delivery in any movie we've seen for a while. <laughs> it was Numbar trying to get brom face on his side in the competition i don't know why this again the whole competition is untenable but yeah he just said hey here he is here's my boy (laughs) (laughs) i can't even say it without laughing it made no sense numbar is uh, numbar and bromley are both terrible actors yeah so to have them interact in one scene where it's just them is is really special
4: Yeah, uh, Numbar looked like a guy who they hired because he vaguely resembled Dexter Holland from The Offspring. (laughs) He does, (laughs) He looks kind of futuristic. You know, he's got, like, frosted tips and whatever. Yeah, let's get that guy who looks like Dexter Holland.
0: I feel like it was missing a moment where we got his, like, evil villain talking to himself speech of, like, how he wanted to take over the moon. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Instead, it was more just like... Sage shows up with a camera, and he's like, confess. And he goes, yeah,
4: th- that's what I wanted to do. Also, that was the weakest confession ever. He was like, wait, I wasn't filming that. And then he films him. And he's like, yeah, it was me.
3: He, he films him, and he, and he says, that's my camera, and I did it. I <laughs> yeah. did yeah. it on camera as a quote. Would not hold up in a court of no. law, Not even no. space law. Especially
1: I... if you're floating around at the ceiling, and you know, you're in a vulnerable position.
4: Exactly, yes. <laughs> All right, listen, everybody. I did it.
1: Okay, now listeners,
3: if any of you are lawyers, uh, you have Ryan's confession to
1: it.
4: I did it. There it is. I did it. That's it. I did it.
1: I I saw it. I let it happen.
4: I filmed it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) God.
3: (laughs) Hey, there's only one other line that I also wrote down from this movie and it was during the pod racing. First of all, pod racing is a star Wars thing. Like that was, that was yep. just stolen.
4: So whatever. Now this is pod racing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I don't even like star Wars, but I love that line. I, I say that to myself all the time for nothing related to star Wars, uh, but they're doing the race and the race is from earth to the moon. And there's, they, uh, they apparently have to like hit some checkpoints, but the announcer is saying, like, you know, two of them are about to take a turn. And he's like, oh, there's not enough room in the turn for both of them. Guys, they're racing in space. <laughs> there could not be
1: any more room. Yeah. why wonder what they have plenty of? Space.
4: <laughs> I also really enjoyed the line that occurred around the same time when Sinan goes back to help uh, her little friend the yellow ranger mm-hmm. um cassie yeah she, she oh goes- i thought
3: you meant uh sorry someone in this movie actually plays the yellow ranger
1: oh yeah, i it's, don't know it's, it's a bronley, bronley yeah Branham. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so shit. i thought that's what you meant
4: no, no no cassie i guess was her name thanks zoe uh she goes back to to help her and uh the announcer is like well that just speaks to xenon cars character as somebody who's always gone out of her way to help others or something really heavy handed like yeah. that. That was definitely one of the most ham fisted lines in the whole movie in a movie full of ham fisted lines. No. I mean
1: the, uh, what is it? Tagline motto of this movie is saving the, saving the universe is as easy as one two, Z.
4: You nailed it. I can count from one to Z. (laughs) Um, The one and only thing I wanted to mention from this movie was a cool space thing that I think we're all familiar with as uh, children of the 90s. It was in the scene where um, there's a little dance party or something and there's a guy who's up on stage and he's DJing. And (laughs) you don't see him. DJing using a turntable or like some kind of futuristic, you know, uh computerized like turntable. It's one of those static electricity balls mm-hmm. that lights up in the area that you touch it.
2: You get and him at, like Spencer's. Just... <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. He was like DJing with it. The coolest
3: shit. I... I hope that one day we figure out that technology.
0: That was one of my five notes that <laughs> I took on. This one.
3: <laughs> okay um i have a really important thing to talk about before we we wrap up because we we've already spent too much time on this movie um so we've already established selena's motive selena wants everything off the moon but selena gives them like an ultimatum she says like you guys have to get all of this shit off of the moon Mm -hmm. otherwise i don't know she's gonna crush their bones with gravity (laughs) so they evacuate everybody Uh, And then they have a time frame for, like, Sage says to him, like, we have six minutes. Right. First of all, did Selena like, tell him that? Like, how do they know they have six minutes? Regardless, whatever. That's not the point I wanted to make, even though that is ridiculous. They hook up grappling hooks to these tiny pods that lift a gigantic structure. Like, these things have the strength of ants relative to their size. Mm -hmm. But... They just lift the main pod. They don't lift like the like the the corridors where like all of the you know the supplies are kept and all the ships, whatever. Those things are still on the moon. But remember, <laughs> Selena told him like you got to get everything off the moon. So after they get off this like you know this the main pod where everybody's hanging out, Xenon just like turns and sees Sel- Selena, and Selena just like does like a little you know like I dream of genie motion. And everything else that was just there is just, like, vanished. Why didn't she do that in the first place? It's like a
0: tornado.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she just magics it away, which she could have done the entire time. It's very clear that Selena can manipulate the force of gravity for everybody and can also make objects just disappear. I don't understand why she needed... A, like, a human, like, um, ambassador to deal with all of this.
0: Just some teen girl drama. I mean, Selena was basically just, like, the emo girl. Yeah. Like, the odd one out. And Xenon's, like, the cool girl. So... No I don't, gonna, I don't no know where I'm going Sel- with this, but
3: Selena's got Selena sits by herself in the lunchroom. like she's she's in the corner, and yeah. nobody's gonna listen to her. Maybe she she's like like should, Myrtle.
1: yeah. Maybe she should use her gravitational force and uh, bring over some friends.
3: Oh, got mm-hmm. her.
1: But uh, to answer your question, Brandon, I mean, if I come over to your house and f- fuck up all your shit and then leave you cool with that or you want me to come back and get rid of it
3: like well i guess i do want you to come back and get rid of it but like if i had the power to get rid of it all with a snap of my fingers i'd probably just do that
1: maybe maybe it takes more effort than we know i would like to point out that protozoa is eating ice cream at one point and i thought it was uh chai of sour cream. I thought the yeah. same thing.
2: <laughs> we
4: thought I it was cream, cream cheese. Guys, scallion cream
1: cheese. It's yeah. not
3: ice cream. It's it's cream scallion cream cheese. Ugh. I love that scene so much. Well, wow, we I all... will forever be thinking about protozoa. Knock off protozoa eating like a five-gallon tub of scallion cream cheese.
2: I love that we all made that note.
3: Yeah. There's no way it was actually ice cream. No way. Uh, I, I, what
0: the hell was it? They it probably was like went fluffy. to like the crafty station and yeah. was like, oh, we need, we need something. Ice yeah. cream
3: would melt on it set, melt. like with the lights and with like multiple takes. Like Ice cream wouldn't work very well for continuity. You need something that's just going to be consistent. That's cream cheese. <laughs> I'm going to find this guy on Twitter. His name is Nathan Anderson, and I'm going to find out if he was actually eating cream cheese. Yeah,
1: and can Please he can he, share, can he share some of it with the rest of us since there's a shortage?
4: Yeah, yeah, we need it right now, truly. Can he come on the show and eat cream cheese with us? Oh, uh, problem,
3: guys. Turns out there are a lot of Nathan Andersons. We're going to find them. Man. Mr. We'll find Anderson. Us. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If
0: it's Big Bang Burgers, then what kind of bagel place do they have Ooh. On the yeah! big bang
1: burgers and
3: supernova S-
1: stellar stellar bagel uh, circular <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's it <laughs> stellar bagel circular <laughs> you nailed it yeah all right um do we do we have anything else it's probably we're we're probably. About I feel like we need time. to
0: talk a little bit about the little cousin.
3: Oh, Dasha! You're right. Her yes, storyline. So you want to you want to explain like Dasha's whole plot line?
0: So I guess that the aunt and the commander like we want to have a baby, so we're just gonna adopt this ten year old girl who happens to be obsessed with you, Xenon. Mm, yeah. Her whole
3: plot line is like, she acts just like Xenon. She wants to just be like Xenon, but Xenon wants her to be her own person. It bothers her for like all of two minutes for the whole movie. And then Xenon tells her like, why don't you just try being herself? Does that actually happen? I don't think we really see any change. No, No, I don't think it ever does. No, no, it's all just the same. So there's really no resolution to that conflict. Also, also, how about this? So in the final, like, part of the movie where there's, like, you know, the six main characters are, like, they get in the pods and they're, like, trying to lift the stupid space station, Xenon gets in the car with Sage instead of her own family member. I know. And this is, like, supposed to be a life-or-death situation. Hmm. And Dasha just goes with with who? With Cassie? With a friend. Someone she doesn't
4: know. (laughs) Well, seems odd. There's got to be some of that romance shit at play. I don't know. This movie sucked.
3: Uh, Yes.
4: Um, I guess it's time to rate it. The last thing I want to say is that I loved Sage's clear jacket worn with (laughs) a sleeveless shirt. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going to try that lookout for 2022.
3: Yeah, that's the new Yeezy line. That's Ooh, it.
1: 30 years in advance. Fashion ahead 30 years.
3: Uh, it's probably fashion now. this movie takes now. place
1: in the 2050s. <laughs> we'll be alive. Hey, do you hopefully. guys think Chelsea yeah, Clinton's still so.
3: president?
4: Oh,
1: right. She was right. president in the she, first
3: one. Do you think she's still oh, wow. Pre- did, so this is five years later. Did she get a second term?
4: No. Uh, she uh, she blew it. It was a, a layup of an election, and she blew it to Barron Trump. uh too real well for those of you who don't know uh we normally go through this whole little song and dance of uh, explaining that we have a rating system here but uh i don't know that that applies in this situation but for those of you who don't know we do rate these movies (laughs) and we do have a very simple rating system it's thumbs up or thumbs down does
3: anybody remember their ratings for all these other movies I, I remember that I gave the first one a thumbs up and the second one a thumbs down. That's I'm probably pretty what I sure did. about that. I'm pretty uh,
4: sure I couldn't possibly give any of these movies a thumbs up. I'm with Ryan. <laughs> Hold
3: on. But okay. I
2: don't remember accurately.
3: Okay, so somebody else is going to start rating and I'm going to go on our, uh, on our DCTP oh, yeah. spreadsheet and I'm going to find out what everybody rated them.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll go first. Um, this, yeah, this movie doesn't really make a lot of sense. The, there's a lot of plot lines that have dead ends. Um, it's, I guess some of the slang is fun, but it's not as, it's not as, it doesn't, wasn't as good as the first time I heard it in the first movie. So look, if you watch the first two Xenon movies, maybe you owe it to yourself to finish the trilogy, but if you're just going into it first time, uh, you don't need to do that so thumbs down
2: i'll jump in ditto on all that uh it really is like a it's mind numbing uh, i'll go that far uh i'm going to go heavily in thumbs down territory uh and I, i'll venture to say anyone who watches it and yeah, I, You know what? No. Thumbs down. I won't even go up. It's thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Anyone who watches this movie and likes it deserves to go to prison. I will go that far. <laughs> um, no, I won't actually go that far. And I will say that there are certain redeeming qualities about this movie. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm growing up a little bit, but I'm trying to find things that are uh, tolerable about these movies. Uh, Yeah, I liked the the sets, no matter how bad they were, I liked them. Um, The costumes, the slang, you know, there was good stuff in there. I mean, this this has the bones uh, uh, that we can. Turn into a paste and and make a good movie out of with our gravity <laughs> powers. Um We need to crush the bones of
3: this movie yeah. in
4: order to create something right uh, tangible. Exactly, director um Dick Rash or whatever. Just Dick with Rash, what he <laughs> whatever Richard Rash, Steve I don't, Rash. What same shit?
1: Oh my god!
4: Um, even that might be wrong. Yeah. No, it is Steve Rash. <laughs> anyway, anyway. There was nothing that could have possibly saved this movie, except for maybe if Selena ground all of the people's bones into a paste, (laughs) because that was what I wanted to do to my own head after (laughs) watching this movie. And with that, I will present to you my rating. It's thumbs down.
3: I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't even follow that up with anything. It was just a thumbs down. I, I can't, think of anything redeeming about this except for the fact that there were some moments that were so bad that i laughed um (laughs) this movie is really bad and it's it should be shorter than 80 minutes it's a thumbs down
0: yeah i think in most cases when there's like a set of three movies the last one is always just bad so i think this kind of follows that trend But I will say that I give it props for the costume design, Mm -hmm. the set design, and I thought that the new characters were good. I liked Dasha. I thought she was cute. And I thought that the heartthrob Sage was also like a teen heartthrob that I think I looked him up and he was in like two Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, and I'm sure he was also a heartthrob in those. So Mm -hmm. I think it gets points for those things. Um, but yeah, thumbs down.
3: Okay. Unanimous thumbs down. So for those wondering the first Xenon movie, that was our, uh, that was episode 10 that we did. Three people gave it a thumbs up. It was Zoe. It was me. And it was Brennan. Wow. Xenon, the sequel, only one person gave it a thumbs up. Um,
1: Brandon, me,
3: no, it was James. Wow. I did? James was the only one. Oh James. my god. I did. What? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You we got to you got to go back and listen to it. We got to. I gotta listen, I yeah. Give her thumbs up. Listen that, to yeah. it.
1: You got to watch the movie. You <laughs> loved it.
3: I, yeah, I, that was episode. That was episode 33. That was, was on Xenon ketamine. Z-Corp. Now it's a good time to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was therapeutical. <laughs> yeah.
3: and, and now this is the first Xenon movie where everybody gives it a thumbs down. But you could see that from the first to the second to the third, the number of thumbs up has just gone down.
2: I don't
4: remember yeah, shit Yeah, the quality has really diminished.
3: Yeah. Um, as I was looking through my notes and, and looking through this thing, I found one other important thing worth mentioning from the movie. And it's the only thing that was genuinely funny. And it's from the end of the movie. So after everything's done and there's just like one song to you know round out the movie's end, um, all the characters are there in the finale, they're at a concert, and Margie goes up to Bromley. It's like the first time they've ever interacted in the movie. And she says, like, "Hey, so Xenon doesn't like the fact that you're, you know, shallow and self-centered, but I just want you to know that I don't care about that at all." And then <laughs> they hold hands) <laughs> which is really great and very aware of by the writers. Like the, the only aware thing that they did was, was point out that both of these characters are made for each other.
1: Okay. That puppy was real.
3: Oh, they had a real puppy.
1: They had a real puppy in the last scene. Sorry. Listen, sorry listeners that you can't see what we're, what we're seeing. I'm breaking, I'm breaking the rules of radio. (laughs)
4: Ryan's gonna be so mad. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe that puppy to you. So it was a very cute puppy, and I don't Super know cute. that much about dogs, but um, it was one of those like, it almost looked like a cocker spaniel, like you know, mm-hmm. floppy black ears, brown face, you know, w- areas of white. It looked like a king. The Charles. brown eyes, yeah, King Charles. The
0: brown eyes, <laughs>
4: yes, uh, a, a spaniel. In in yeah. other words, yeah. Um, but the dog looked so young; it looked wet still. Like it yeah. looked like gross yeah Um, speaking of it was trembling
1: things that only we can see uh here's the scene that james described earlier where the cgi is so bad it looks like second life
3: oh my god wait oh my 49 45
2: oh my
3: god yeah it's only up for a few seconds it is very obviously just a render and it's not a good one. That's like that's like what you see when you're walking past a construction site and they're showing like this is what it's <laughs> going
2: to look like in what 5 the mall's years. Yeah. Be? yeah. Yeah. And all the like exactly like right. like 8 out of 20 people are all Mary Kate or Ashley. <laughs> like you don't even yeah. notice. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for
3: pointing that out. Uh yeah. I think that's it. We're done um thank you everybody for listening uh it's time for plugs first plug goes to zoe what do you got
0: so i just uh finished working on a documentary called fruitcake fraud which you can watch on discovery plus and it is a story about a man who embezzled 17 million dollars from the most famous fruitcake bakery in the world which is based in Corsicana, texas oh my
1: god i watched it uh i give that a big ass thumbs up Um, uh it was it was a great documentary it really was and it's also being made into a movie starring will ferrell and julianne moore so this story totally has some legs if you wow if the fruitcake doesn't do it for you 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 go for the story and you stay for the fruitcake because
0: those fruitcakes look pretty (laughs) fucking good And like three podcasts have reviewed and recapped that documentary. So I kind of got to feel what it was like on the other side of a review recap podcast.
3: Wow. Wow. That's really fun. Bringing it full circle. Yeah. So fruitcake fraud on Discovery Plus? Yeah. Wonderful. You guys should also do a uh, a documentary on the Maraschino Cherry guy.
4: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You... Should. Yeah. I think that's some excellent true
3: crime. I mean, I, I know that you've, you've since, you know, that's not, you've, you started there, you've moved on, but. No,
0: I'm still there. Okay. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah. There. So then you got to do the Maraschino cherry guy.
4: May the spirit of Arthur Mandela rest in peace, but may the memory <laughs> of Arthur Mandela live on in perpetuity.
3: Mm hmm. If you want to hear more about Arthur Mandela, uh, we talk about him on this podcast all the time. So follow us everywhere. Uh, we're on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We're on Twitter at Tipsy Panel. We are on uh, the phone. We have- we're on the phone. We call our Disney Channel. To Call the DCTP hotline at 914-863-1613. It's important that we get a call once every 18 months. Otherwise, the number goes dead. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to worry about that. We get like 1,000 calls a day.
4: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm checking now, and I'm not sure if the number is still active. But we'll 1, see. 1,000 calls a day. You can be the
3: 1,000 Uh first. Also, email us, Disney Channel
4: TipsyPanel at
3: gmail.com. Tell us about your experience with humongous entertainment games
4: yes please do that
3: and uh, that's it thanks everybody for listening uh, tune in next time we'll have another decom for you bye. Bye. Bye.
1: bye 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 all right and
0: then gonna... it took us an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> damn the whole
3: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah this it this always lasted longer than the <laughs> truly remarkable